This is the SCORE Small Business Success Podcast. Get your mentor today at SCORE.org or call 1-800-634-0245. Welcome back to the SCORE Small Business Success Podcast. So glad to have you. I'm Shalini Karnani, Communications Manager here at SCORE. And every month we offer you a free Small Business Success Podcast so that you can have the resources to have a successful and prosperous small business Tips and tools always available on SCORE.org. Get your mentor today, www.score.org slash mentors. And we have experts from a variety of industries like today, Jonathan Pyle, Vice President of Service Delivery at Think HR, on the podcast with us today. Thanks for being here. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Jonathan, can you tell us a little bit about your experience at Think HR, what you're responsible for? Oh, absolutely. I'm in charge of the human resources delivery services here at Think HR, and Think HR is an organization that offers a human resources hotline service via web and phone uh, to tens of thousands of small businesses across the United States. And so we serve in this arena day in and day out, and we answer questions in every state and about every topic, both federal and state and community-specific for thousands of clients. We spend a lot of time in this arena. Uh, we help and work with small businesses on a daily, daily and it's, been a, it's a real pleasure to, to speak with you guys today. Now, me personally, uh, I've always had an affinity for small businesses. Uh, I grew up in Texas. My father, who was a brilliant engineer, uh, ran a small business, which I worked in through high school and through college. And from that experience, um, it was always uh, interesting to me that my brilliant father, who was an engineer running a, a hiking and backpacking company, had such a difficult time with the employee management side of the business. And so as I grabbed my economics degree from the University of Texas and as I moved into big and small businesses, I've always had a fascination and an interest, thus my career, in working on the human side of businesses because we truly believe that understanding how to work and build great teams is a valuable asset in every business. And typically, the larger you get, the more important that aspect of your business becomes. You know, you saw your father as a small business owner, Jonathan. What things should an entrepreneur, a uh, small business owner, what things should they do to prepare, not just to be a good manager, but to be a good leader, to inspire, to encourage, and to compel people to do good work for them? You might hear me refer to this a few times, but we, we, we always say we start and build a foundation early. And with small businesses, we we're always, it's interesting that, you know, from concept to reality, at some point involving employees and learning how to lead employees will be an important concept in your business. And so we always want to start with that thought in mind. And and we say that to be a strong leader, and we, we also, you know, will divide manager from leader. There, there, there are two different skill sets at times in, in different organizations. But we say that, hey, we create an environment where we won, Never fail to listen because listening is hard, and especially in a small business when you have a million things to do, making payroll just one of the many priorities, right? Right, so, right. So it's a difficult environment, listening, and we say strong leaders strive to be predictable. And predictable means that you're the same person day in and day out. High stress, low stress, you're predictable because we believe that when leaders aren't predictable, Employees don't have dialogue that's candid on a daily basis, and sometimes they time information that reaches a leader on a good day, and sometimes that allows us to miss important information. So we say listen, be predictable, and then also be organized because 
uh, is also, again, a common trait of small business with 1,000 priorities, only 14 hours in a day, that you're going you're gonna to tend to be less organized. So be organized in how you plan your work and how you plan the work of your employees. And then we also say, you know, model the behavior of the leaders that you admire. You know, there's a lot of leaders, there's a lot of books and a lot of references on leadership and leadership skills and styles, and we believe that leadership is unique to every organization and every environment. But it doesn't hurt to understand what traits the leaders that you admire display and to use some of those leadership lessons in your business. And then finally, in small businesses, we say, be present. Uh, oftentimes, a small business isn't the only thing that a, a business owner is doing. They might have another job to pay the bills while the small business is getting up and running. And we say to be a good leader, you have to make the time for people and you have to make the time for the employees that you employ because being present and actually being not being present makes it very difficult to manage the boots-on-the-ground strategy that you need to be successful. That's that's great advice. And, you know, we've heard the term open-door policy. You've heard managers say it, uh, small business owners say it. I've got an open-door policy. But to actually implement that open-door policy means to really listen. And I think that's very that's key uh, to what you just said about being a good leader. Listening is, is a very important element. Sure. And, you know, and if you use our hotline service or if you use, you know, the, 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 the folks in your in your natural network or your family members that have human resources experience, you know, you'll always have an open-door policy, which is appropriate and necessary. But, you know, having an open-door policy and talking about it is very different than allowing, by my behavior and my interaction, allowing employees to give me feedback, sometimes which is critical and sometimes which is positive. But the people closest to the business and closest to the customer have valuable information to share. And having an open-door policy and talking about it and allowing employees to speak with you is a very important step. You know, having an open-door policy is very different than having candid, honest conversations with employees. Understood. Again, you're listening to the Score Small Business Success Podcast. Get your mentor today for free. Log on, www.score.org. We've got a network of 12,000-plus volunteer mentors nationwide helping you with your small business success for free. Templates and tools, webinars, and, of course, a great podcast like this can be found at www.score.org. We're speaking with Jonathan Pyle, Vice President of Service Delivery at Think HR, Leading people. Good HR. What are the challenges that you're hearing about out and about in the world of small business when it comes to dealing with the millennials, dealing with um, a more informal workplace because the younger employee is is a little more informal? What, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing small business owners run into? The challenges, right? Broad word and yeah. lots yeah. of meaning to lots of people, right? But so so I'd say that you know what I what I'm going to say next might also just correlate with, you know, the older workers, more mature workers in the market. We have a lot of media exposure and a lot of talk now about how to create a successful environment for the millennials that are coming up to the professional um, the work environment now. And then also some of the senior workers or more mature workers that are now still in the workplace and still viable and productive workers for us to talk with uh, and to bring into our businesses. And so when we talk about these different segments of society and the definitions that are tossed around, we say it's pretty basic. Small business owners are usually specific to a, to a geography that they know well, and knowing that geography well allows the small business owner to build an environment or a culture or a company 
that fits well into the geography that they're in. And so, you know, if you're in a retail business, a manufacturing business, a high-tech business out here in Silicon Valley, they're all very different, and they're very different for millennials entering those workplaces. And so what we say is that, hey, have, have a work environment and have a business that's attractive to all people. And, and that and that makes sense to all workers. And, and you know, there's it, it's a hard question to answer broadly. But we know that if you're in a retail environment and you have face-to-face -face interaction with customers, having cell phones and employees with cell phones on the sales floor and they're ringing while they're talking to a customer, it's not the customer service experience we want. Right. And so we believe that if we invoke respect. And if we spend some time in the hiring process as we bring people into our organization and set expectations candidly at that process, whether they're millennials, whether they're baby boomers, what, you know, whatever uh, name or, or tag we're going to put on these workers, they'll understand the expectations and they can also select or self-select out. But we believe uh, that some of the current dialogue and writings about millennial workers and how we must change all environments drastically to make sure they're as productive as other people in society. We believe that there are good workers and poor workers in all segments. There are great candidates out there. There are people that want jobs and need jobs, and one of the best things we do in small business is that we support our communities by hiring people. Try to avoid you know, stereotypes and, and understand that everyone, every one of us, I would say, sees life through a lens that is unique to them. Candid conversations, be close to our employees, have a respectful workplace, and you will you will be appealing to all segments of workers, and everyone will have a place in your business. And the other thing that we always remind work, uh, our business owners of is that, you know, your customer base is probably quite diverse. So, does it hurt to have the employer, the employees in your business, match that diversity of the customer base that you're working in and serving? Very, very well said. I appreciate that. You know, something that we see a lot of small business owners do on a day-to-day -day basis is uh, they wear numerous hats. The fix-it person, the accounting person, the HR person, you know, a lot of times small business owners are control freaks. They can only do things properly themselves. How do you advise small business owners to delegate properly? Yeah, um, you know, actually, uh, Shalini, that's a great question. And, you know, it's a, it's, a, um, it's a challenge that we face in our business, and we're a bunch of HR experts. Right. It's a challenge that your fortune companies face, and it's also certainly a challenge that our small businesses um, um, face. And, and we also believe, by the way, that whether you're a small business or a large business, you know, limited resources right. is, is, we think that is a a part of business that's going to stay with us from now on. We just think that business is difficult and we're busy and there's always going to be this resource challenge that we face. And delegating is the logical best method toward managing a business. And what we, we always say that we have a few lessons that we, that we offer. Start with the end in mind. We, you know, when you're too busy to reach everything and, you're, and you're, you see things dropping, and, are you, and you see areas of the business that are not operating the way they should be because you just don't have the time or the resources to manage it, we certainly say delegate. But start with the end in mind. And again, be organized when we deliver um, expectations or tasks to employees or managers, you know, management employees. But mm -hmm. be organized, offer assistance, and then just talk about outcomes. We all work differently. And, and we know that if we learn to delegate, there will be mistakes along the way, and our business owners make mistakes themselves. So allow that employee to understand that mistakes are okay. But start with the end in mind and talk about outcomes and how we'll measure. But be organized, 
offer assistance, and, and we even say write it out. Give them an idea of what's expected. Our philosophy here is that 99% of all people want to do a good job. They come to work, they try hard, and they want to do a good job. And we think the same thing with delegating. If you delegate in a way that your employees understand expectations, we believe that more times than not they'll be successful for you and you'll be delighted, actually, at how much better your business runs. You're listening to the SCORE Small Business Success Podcast. Get your mentor today for free. Log on www.score.org slash mentors. We have a lot of mentors who are very knowledgeable in the arena of HR. Just uh, bounce some ideas off them. If you're having problems in your small business with employees or with HR, we've got plenty of people who can help you. We are talking today to Jonathan Pyle, Vice President of Service Delivery at Think HR. something that I'm sure a lot of people run into to is uh, knowledge base issues. They've got employees that they've had for a long time and they know so much, but perhaps that employee is becoming a little lax or has become a, a little bit of a challenge to work with. How do you advise small business owners to to fix that? Sure. So, um, uh, great question actually, uh, Shalini. And I actually personally believe this. We train employees. We train employees how to interact with us. So the business owner, the manager, we're responsible for the interactions with employees daily. And we believe it starts with, you know, with the onboarding and hiring process. But we foster a respectful environment, and we think part of being respectful is having candid conversations. And candid conversations all the time. And so we have the license and we have um, the permission, both, you know, both up and down, to have honest conversations. We think it's appropriate all the time to talk about how someone's performing and what our perceptions are of their work ethic and what they're producing for the organization. And so we believe we strive for that on a daily basis. And as long as we are having open dialogue and we can be candid, we believe that that candid dialogue, that plain talking methodology, allows us to address these problems or these concerns before, I should, I should probably say, address these concerns and observations before they become problems. Right. And our biggest challenge is, you know, Sean, is that we're busy and everyone is really time, you know, restricted and restrained. And so what happens is that if we're not careful, we procrastinate on some of these areas and the problem gets larger and builds, the concern grows. And then on some bad day when all the, when the perfect storm hits, you know, we have an interaction that's not productive and, and, and not how we would have intended it. So we say that a, a daily, constant dialogue prevents us from having problems or concerns that build into problems. And then we have this big problem where, you know, the example might be, and we, we hear this a lot, I have an employee who's not been performing for, for seven months. Hmm. And now it's at a point where I don't know what to do. I think I might have to terminate them. You know, and the conversation is, wow, we never really want to surprise someone. Nine out of ten times, that employee, once we dig into it, never really knew that their work habits and efforts were a concern to their manager. And we had this problem that wouldn't have happened if we had dialogue throughout the relationship. So I don't want to be overly broad, but I just don't want to minimize the, the power in a respectful, candid employment arena. Do you think that there is um, some hesitation in small business owners' minds or business owners' minds about that open, candid relationship with their employees? Do you think there's a challenge of keeping it professional and being a friend? There's that line that they're afraid of crossing? Yeah, but we don't think it's we, – we, we see the psychology that we run into is that they're not afraid of being uh, unprofessional, 
uh, they just don't know how, to, know how to start the conversation. And, and we'll take, you know, my father, you know, he's a Ph.D. electrical engineer. We, we founded a, a hiking shop. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, my father never worked less than 18 hours in a day, and it was un, he just didn't understand why someone wouldn't be thoughtful, hardworking, and diligent in their jobs. It wasn't anything that he'd ever encountered. Right. So, so it wasn't in his DNA. So how is, it was hard for him to cross over and figure out, I need to have just realistic conversations with, his, with, with my employees, especially, you know, it's easy to have positive conversations but also constructive conversation so that someone understands that I, I want them to perform differently, I want them to do something differently. And, you know, your organization, SCORE, right, I mean, we, we often say small business owners, you can't be everything to all people. We're not made that way. And so reach out to mentors, reach out to networks, reach out to folks that can help you. And as long as you have uh, an ability to reach out of your world and, and talk to people that have expertise in other areas, your business will be managed much more effectively. HR is a huge, huge word and a huge topic, and whether we're talking about leadership and managing or payroll or compliance rules by states, it's a big topic. And as long as you have resources that you can speak with to help you, you'll manage more quickly, more effectively, and actually be happier in your business. That makes sense. What are some of the biggest issues that you see with small business owners as far as, like you just mentioned, as far as compliance, the more specific nitty-gritty of, of human resources? We believe that, it, that just some structure at the very beginning of a relationship matters. So, so first, we believe that when we're hiring and when we're sourcing, we start that candid relationship, and we use an application a job application that that uh, encourages, forces, makes sure that a candidate lists all their qualifications and requirements, lists their work history, and allows you to check references, and they sign that document. We believe that starting there allows us to really avoid some of these nitty-gritty concerns that we have. And, and we, we, we start with a little structure at the beginning of the relationship, we let someone know who we are. We use an offer letter. We use the at-will language that gives you some protections on the back end if you ever have to let an employee go. And we start there, and just that little bit of structure at the beginning of a relationship sets the stage for the environment, respectful, candid, honest, that we're looking for. And allows us also to check references so that we can understand what someone's work habits might be. And we can understand what someone's employment history looks like. So we have an idea of what kind of employee they were for someone else. And then on the nitty-gritty stuff, each state has very specific rules on how you pay someone and the final pay when someone leaves. And we have very different leave rules, leave, you know, for, for maternity, for disability, for veterans. And so every state will have specific rules and regulations that a small business person, owner, is going to have trouble tracking. And we believe that's why you reach out to your resources to understand that. And as long as we have resources that can help us at the moment when we have concerns and learn what we need to learn, we're able to manage a business. You know, uh, we don't see, you know, of all the thousands of small businesses we work with, very few are HR people running HR businesses. Most are experts from other areas in the world. They're going to apply their expertise to build a small business, whether it's in engineering or retail or the Internet world. And, and that's where they're valuable. That's where their knowledge base is. We say reach out and help and ask for help, you know, from your networks. And I, I believe at SCORE, that's what you offer with your mentorship programs. Yep. And, we, and we believe it's vital because, you know, a problem that you solve in five minutes is a problem that you're not dealing with with five hours 
a month from now. And we yeah. believe it, 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 we think it's critical. Think HR's Jonathan Pyle here on the SCORE Small Business Success Podcast. You made me think of a, a question that might be on a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs' minds. How has technology and social media changed the role of the HR department or the human resources manager in any small business? Well, it brings up the very obvious question that, that's written about a lot these days, uh, Shalini, and it's, it's simply that, you know, what do you do? Now, this is, you know, this would be uh, stereotypically in, in a, an environment where employees are in front of computers uh, a, a majority of the day, and, and so is it okay for them to check their Facebook, to pay their bills? Um, how do we regulate how someone works? And what's expected of them during the during the workday, and and there are no solid rules on on how to approach this. There's studies, and there will be more studies out. If you want to read up on it, please do. But some studies actually state that you know an employee who's allowed to take a break every other hour and check their Facebook or or, or go to a website and 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 get a five minute reprieve from their work, they're actually more productive. Hmm. But the idea is, and we see this a lot in small businesses, Shalini, is that you know, um, what can I say to an employee? What's crossing the line into it being illegal or being, you know, inappropriate? And we say that, you know, small businesses, you have the right to manage your, your workplace. And we say strive for a candid and respectable workplace. And, and if someone is, you know, uh, checking um, a website that's not business-related, uh, you know, five minutes a day, I don't, think that, I don't, I don't believe that would, you know, uh, harm your business. But but if someone you believe is on the internet too much, uh, and they're not their productivity, right? Their measurables, their their objective deliverables aren't being met. We're always allowed to talk about that, Mm. and we believe that that those reasonable discussions always come into reasonable conclusions. And as a business owner, you can block internet access to any outside website if you wanted. You can do what you want to do, and you don't need to worry about being sued or, or, or being, you know, being, uh, having action taken against you, but you want to treat people the same, you want to have standards that make sense, and you want to have a business that's reasonable because we understand that happy employees are more productive for us. Great. That's good information for everyone to know. Again, you can log on, www.score.org. Um, what are some of the emerging workplace issues that are going to affect small businesses in the coming years in regards to HR and um, workplace environments? So we think very clearly that um, the pervasiveness of media and the speed at which we get information and oftentimes the validity of that information, you know, a lot of the information that we receive these days has commentary, uh, you know, and, and so Finding valid information and understanding it is going to be important in the coming uh, in the coming years, and we think it's going to be more difficult for small businesses because we tend to go where we're comfortable, and those data fees that we receive usually have some type of some of, of opinion attached to it. So, we think the speed at which we receive information and the way that we receive information is going to be uh, a continuing factor in how we live our lives and drive our businesses. The technology piece is an easy one. Uh, we know that the um, I'm out here close to Silicon Valley, so we, we know and believe me that 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 valley and the technology that is being created there and in other parts of the world now is increasingly fast. So there will be new technologies hitting us quickly, it's going to be a lot to work with, and we say that so, so keeping an eye on technology and what that means and also what it doesn't mean because over and over again we see businesses overly concerned about technology 
when technology might not be as applicable as we think. Great customer service, delivering a great product, hiring and training great people, these are core to every business. How technology overlays into that is debatable, and we, we say that try to keep a clear mind on this and not worry too much about the technology that's coming because it's going to shift. What's hot today is not hot tomorrow, so it's moving quickly. Another area, Shalini, that I would bring up is the you know Affordable Care Act. And reality is that more, most small businesses, if, you, if you're not approaching or if you haven't had 50 full-time equivalent employees in your business the prior year, the Affordable Care Act is not going to have a tangible impact on your business. But again, as we talked about earlier, these questions come up. There's a lot of information floating out there. Use SCORE. Use your resources. Find mentors that you can reach quickly and understand quickly what an expert thinks about these things, and you'll be able to work through these issues quickly versus trying to research everything yourself because I think time is going to be a restraint on you. And then finally, what we find in, even in large companies is that uh, the last 10 years economically have been very difficult, and they've been difficult worldwide, actually. And we just see that there's been a lack of uh, organizations have cut costs, they've trimmed their expense budgets, and we don't see the training and the care that, that organizations took prior to developing leaders and developing management skills. And we see that this gap, this 10 years, is now coming to play where we have brilliant people from brilliant areas that have not had the skills training in you know, how to manage employees, how, how to be an effective leader, how to adapt the five leadership styles you've read about in school to your specific leadership style and how to be effective there. So I think those are the broadest areas that I see concern with or that I see questions coming from our customer base where we help people daily. Uh, Shawnee, what would you have to offer, actually? Uh, that's what I see. You know what? I think that's the thing that keeps resonating in my brain is as much as there's technology, as much as things are changing, people still matter. The human aspect of business is still integral when it comes to success because that's who we are. That's that's what we do. We interact with people, and if you have a bad interaction with a website, you know, people kind of accept accept that these days. But when you have a bad interaction with a, a customer service uh, representative or uh, an employee at a business, that's a little more powerful. And I think that, you know, understanding the human part of human resources is a uh, key for a lot of small business owners. Uh, yeah, you should be doing the podcast song. <laughs> sure. I, I leave this up to the experts. That's why I just I just do the interviews. I appreciate it. Thank you so much again to Mr. Jonathan Pyle, uh, VP of Service Delivery at Think HR. Of course, Think HR, we appreciate your contributions to the small business community. Score Small Business Success Podcast free for you every month. You can log on www.score.org and get a plethora of small Small business success toolkits and all kinds of great resources, not to mention the uh, the wide network of volunteer mentors that are giving their time to help small businesses succeed. Thank you so much for your time today. I, I'm sorry I went so long, but I really appreciate it. I think you could you just have so much information that people really need to hear. Hey, you're very welcome. Uh, good luck to you, Shawnee, and your customers, and uh, we hope to be talking to you again. This is the Score Small Business Success Podcast. Get your mentor today at score.org or call 1-800-634-0245.